helping families be happy. Welcome to the Helping Families Be Happy podcast, where we explore the often messy world of family love and relationships. I am your host, Dr. Carla Marie Manley, a practicing clinical psychologist, wellness advocate, and author based in Sonoma County, California. I've teamed up with Familius Publishing to bring you nourishing real-life information about love, family, relationships, and life. And now I am absolutely thrilled to introduce today's guests, Noah Baum and Zeb Labinger. And we are going to be talking about how the birds became friends. <laughs> welcome, Noah, and welcome, Zeb. Thank you for making time to be with us today. Thank, Thank you, too. Great to be here. So let's see. We'll start with Noah. Noah, tell us a little bit about who you are. I am a storyteller. I am a, a spoken word artist and a coach and an author. And I used to be an actress, grew up in Jerusalem in Israel, but I've been living in the United States since 1990. And uh, yeah, I love to tell stories, um, spoken word stories. Yeah, I don't just sit and read from books, but I tell stories in my own way. And uh, some stories I write and some stories I use traditional stories from many different cultures, uh, which is the story of this, this one, how the birds came to be, to be friends is also a, a traditional story that I adapted. Okay, I will be asking you a lot more about that. Zeb, tell us a little bit about who you are. Yeah, um, so I just realized now that Noah and I kind of crossed paths. I grew up in the States and am now living in Israel. So we did the crossroads across the world. Um, and um, I'm basically a bird brain. I've, my whole life I've been interested in birds. I made it my profession as a bird ecologist and, um, and also a bird artist. And um, these days, I'm doing a lot more art than the ecology, but I'm still involved in both. And it was a fantastic experience to do my first children's book uh, that is full of birds. Beautiful. Let me just go back to Noah. We'll do a little bit of ping pong here. So Noah, when you talk about the art of storytelling, and in particular, spoken word stories, What's coming to my mind are the Grimm's fairy tales before they were sanitized and romanticized. Is that the nature of your art, your craft, bringing those traditional storytell, you know, stories into life in the um, real sense that they originated? Absolutely. So storytelling is really what we humans have done since the dawn of time, long before people knew how to read or write. It's how we create meaning and it's how we make sense of the world and it's how we pass on wisdom and values, uh, how we pass on the wisdom of the mind and the wisdom of the heart. Uh, stories are the map to our soul. They are the way that humans pass on what it means to be human. So stories are always like this compass uh, for all humanities and, and there isn't a spiritual tradition or a culture on the face of this planet 
that doesn't have an oral tradition of passing down stories. And so I'm fascinated with that. And I'm fascinated with it because for me, the power of story, uh, the power of storytelling is that the words are just a very small part of the way that meaning is passed on. So spoken language uses voice and uses rhythm and uses silence and uses gesture and facial expression and eye contact and spatial orientation and body language and emotional presence. All those carry meaning in addition to the words, but the words are just a small part of it. And as opposed to written language, where the tools are the words, and the words need to do everything, the spoken language has many, many, many more uh, tools, if you will, or modes of expression. And for me, the human voice is the most powerful way that we connect with each other, the human presence. It is what we react to and what we respond to unconsciously long before we connect with any form of content. You know, uh, one of the things that I do when I, when I do parents um, workshops or when I talk to parents and they say, well, I'm not a storyteller, you know, I can, I, and, I, and I keep saying, no, but you don't understand. What's important is the connection, is your voice. Mm, absolutely. Even if, just, even if you just make up stories that are nonsense for your children, that connection, that primal connection with your voice, with your presence is, is priceless. It doesn't absolutely. matter what you say. That's what they're going to carry with them forever. Absolutely. And I so agree with you. And I want to take this as an opportunity to just weave in how important it is that you are saying tone of voice. So a parent who's saying nonsense, but in a loving tone is going to transmit that love to the child's body, mind and spirit. A parent that's saying nonsense because they're being critical or negative or harmful or bullying, that will also translate to that child's psyche, to the body, mind, and the spirit, but in a negative way. And that is part of the art of storytelling is it sounds like you're saying, wait, make constructive use of those words, of that energy, of your eyes, of your, your body as you're transmitting a message of love. Is that perhaps it? That is part of it. Absolutely. But it doesn't, you see, it, it doesn't negate the power and the importance of the written word or reading a story. Of right? course, of course. Um, it's just that that is my art form is the, you know, the, the spoken word. And then the, the, we always have to remember that the written word is there to be infused with our life force. So whatever is written there is meant to be read aloud and put into that human voice and that human connection, especially with children and especially with picture books, right? It's exactly, and so we can look at the art of storytelling and channeling that vibrant, loving energy as a way to connect with a child. And like you said, even if a parent isn't, they don't believe they're a good storyteller, all they need to be do is doing is channeling love, channeling positivity, channeling connection and then they become a magnificent storyteller whether exactly. reading from a book like how the birds became friends or driving in a car and telling a story that's the power of 
of storytelling to connect. Beautiful. So Zev, 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 Mr. Birdbrain himself. Okay. <laughs> Tell us about your illustration since our listeners can't see the book. Tell us, bring it to life, please. You know, um, actually, I was listening to Noah, and I, I love hearing her talk about storytelling. And I was thinking to myself that when she tells the story, the kids don't need to see the pictures. They, they have someone in front of them doing it. But actually, when you put the words in a book, all the, all the kids or whoever's reading it at that point has is the, the words and the art. So I, I see here this place that in a way the art is giving that extra, um, even, even the emotional side of what's going on in the story, giving the words a kind of a context to, to help who's ever reading it again to, to kind of visualize and, 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 and maybe make more of it than again, just the words themselves. And if um, I can just barge in and say yeah. that uh, what, what I love, Zev, Zev did a magnificent job, just absolutely magnificent, not only making the bird scientifically accurate and colorful and gorgeous, but they really embody, you know, because animals and birds in folk tales embody human traits, right? Yes, they embody, yes. yeah, they totally. embody our humanity and the hum different human uh, energies. And he did such a fantastic job um, of really listening to my voice and listening to the emotional, um, the, the emotional undertone of the story to bring it into the expressions on the birds. And I, I mean, it was just so delightful for me to see it come to life in that way. Yeah. Yeah. It was, for me, it was, it was quite a challenge. It was something I really wanted to do, but, um, but I, I am used to painting birds, even if I paint them a little bit more expressive or abstract, they're still very much the birds and nature. And here I had to basically make them very, um, very human-like in a way. Yes. And, and so it was a really interesting for me. And, and at first I just played around with all sorts of facial features and, and expressions. And I would send them to Noah and Noah would say, well, that one, is that one angry or is, is that one excited? And, and I realized I had to go back and, you know, fix it and, and look at it. And yeah, what is it really trying to say? Um, so that was really, uh, it was really fun actually for me to, to really bring them, bring them alive in a, in a more, um, I don't know, uh, animated, 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 way. animated yeah. anthropomorphic way so that yeah. we can connect with the animal yeah. and let, because not all children have parents who will sit down and read them the story. And you're absolutely right. For a child who's reading solo, having the visual bring it to life, they may be, you know, they might not know how to read yet and maybe going through the pictures and being able to connect to the book through your artwork 
what a gift. What a gift, Zeb, and to, to bring the animals to life with facial expressions and have Noah jump in and say, well, is that one anger? And the, the mm -hmm. distinction between yeah. anger, fear, excitement, all of those exactly. things. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. And it was, we yeah. would have like really funny moments where I, I wouldn't even have the words to describe what it is that I'm looking for. And I would just yeah. say to him, well, it's just like, Da, 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 da. And, you know, and I would just act it out for him and he would have to just listen to my voice and try to put it in the expression. Yeah. Actually, at some I don't point, have a I, word for it. <laughs> yeah, at some point I, I, I asked Noah, I have a recording of her telling the story. Um, and that was really helpful because she acts out all the different parts and she, she's the crow, she's the quail. She's, so I get a real feeling of, you know, what's this personality? Okay, so sneak peek here. Noah, I'm going to put you on the spot. Be one, be a quail for me. For just get, let the listeners hear the quail come through. Channel the quail. Okay. Well, here's here's little quail. Um, one day, quail saw her chance when crow landed right on the path before her. And before Crow could open her beak to say anything, Quail said, Hi, Crow. I think you're a much better bird than I. Oh, that gave me <laughs> chills. What a... Fantastic. What just a beautiful piece. Oh, Noah. Oh, Noah, that was gorgeous. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So the book brings to life the, the birds, fears, insecurities. Well, the, the, the book is really about how important um, small acts can be to create mm. change. And, you know, growing up in Israel, uh, I grew up with a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear and a lot of wars. And when I became a storyteller, I became very interested in stories about peace. And I discovered that in every single culture, in every single spiritual tradition all over this planet, people have been telling stories about peace since the beginning of time. And they're like this map of how we can achieve peace within ourselves and with our planet. And so this particular folktale from uh, Burma, from Myanmar, touched me really, really deeply because it's about how peace came into the world before there were people here, right? When the mm -hmm. birds used to be, the birds used to fight all the time. And, and often when we look at the state of the world and we, you know, it's so easy to feel small, in particular when you're a little kid, to feel small and helpless. And it's like, well, what in the world can I do? I mean, in all of this, you know? Mm -hmm. And this story is really about, you know, each and every one of us, just the little acts of kindness, we can create change. And, and you know, there's scientific research now, there's psychological and neurological and sociological research now that actually tells us that, that everything we do has a ripple effect. Every word that we put out into the world, every intention Absolutely. that we put out into the world has a ripple effect and affects 
can affect people on the other side of the planet even. You know, we're all connected. So I think for me, it became so important to pass this message and this value to children. You know, what you do matters. Your little things that you do matter and they can create difference and they can, they can get us closer to peace. If not in the world, definitely on the playground and in, at home and in your classroom and who knows. You know? Absolutely. Everything we do, every little thing, be it good or not so good, has an impact. And so absolutely. So that is the message of this lovely book. It's a message of peace and hope. It's going to going to help change lives, you know, because I believe that as children, we we might not remember all the books we read as adults, but definitely the books that impact as 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 children, mm. we hold for the rest of our lives, in our hearts, in our souls. We hold those fairy tales, those, you know, the storybooks that were meaningful. And I, I agree with you. The ones that are focused on peace and goodness um, do tend to carry a very special place in our hearts because we are, we all want love, peace, safety, stability. And we can all make that happen in little ways, in our own little, little pockets. So brilliant brilliant <laughs> zev what are your thoughts on that um you know the, the other piece that i would say that i would add to this is that there's a connection to nature mm. and the story is being told through through nature and through these birds and i think birds are are definitely of all the creatures around us um it's definitely a group that many many people around the world really connect to and so I think that this book is also connecting the kids to nature and to birds. And I think that that, you know, given that we're at a time of, of climate crisis, mm. I think that the, the whole idea of peace and finding um, justice and equality is also between, between people, but also between us and, and, and the world around us. So I think that that's a whole nother piece that's, um, that, that maybe it's kind of behind the scenes, but it's, it's definitely, for me, part of the book also. And we hope, we hope we, we've added at the end of the book, uh, kind of like a guide, a key, uh, with the, the names of all the birds. And I don't, Zev, you'll tell me how many. Yeah, I mean, I, I, one of I the things that kind of came up, as, as I was painting, there's only, you know, there's a few characters in the story. But as we were, as I was doing it, I just, in the scenes, I started throwing more and more species of bird. So in the end, there's, there's 34 species that are illustrated in the book. And we decided to list them all in the back. And there's also a link where the kids can go to find out more about those species. And, and one of uh, the things that we, we were hoping is that kids will, you know, you know, kind of start looking around and identifying the birds in the pictures, you know, because some of them are kind of hiding and some of them are small and some of them are bigger and that it will encourage them when they go out into nature to maybe slow down and look at it differently and, and maybe they could even find some of those birds around them. Absolutely. And I so appreciate, um, 
Zev and Noah that you brought up that piece about connecting to nature because not all children have a connection to nature. They might live in an apartment building in the middle of a very busy city and maybe feel like the only bird they've ever seen is a pigeon or something. So the more that we can bring nature to life in a child's heart and in a child's mind, the more they'll want to protect it and care for it. And so thank you. And thank you for bringing more creatures into the book, 34 <laughs> different, okay. So we know there's a crow, we know there's a quail. Just give me one more sneak peek. Who else is there? Well, there's a very, very snobbish peacock. Oh. Yeah, a snobbish peacock. peacock. Okay, so now we. Well, they, we... they all they all are because they all fight. Each bird. They're all they're yeah. bo- Each ah. bird thinks that he or she are better than everybody else. So that's the state of affairs in the world. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a better bird than you. Oh, I'm, I'm a better b- bird than you. Yeah. You are a better bird than. <laughs> I'm a better bird than you. <laughs> that's what? what they fight about. That's what they fight about. And when we yeah. realize, you know, bringing it back to humans, and we realize that when when we see that we're all, as you said, interconnected, all sharing the same planet, all drinking the same water, breathing the same air, that we need to be mindful. And that's what I really love about the familiar values of loving together, playing together, everything that they talk about at Familius is learning together, working together, talking together, healing together. If we use that energy in our interactions and remember we are in this together, no person is better than another. We might use our skills more mindfully than certain other people, mm-hmm. but absolutely we are, we need to come together. This is, and what a perfect timing for your book, a book about togetherness that I hope hits as many parents' hearts as it does children's hearts. So as we prepare to wrap up, are there, do you each have one more point you'd really like to share with listeners today? For me, um, I really hope this book will act as a, as a beacon to encourage kids to connect with their kindness mm. and to remember their kindness. And that sometimes even if somebody is not nice to you, you can be kind and you will create change. And sometimes the only way to break the cycle of meanness and to break the cycle of nastiness and to break the cycle of insults is to be very bold about your kindness. And I think that is what the beauty of quail and, um, and I hope kids would love her and will recognize the kindness in their own hearts and find ways to bring it out and let it shine. I have to repeat that before we go to Zeb. <laughs> no, that was gorgeous. <laughs> Be bold about your kindness. Beautiful. Be bold about your kindness. Thank you. What a gift. Okay, Zev. Yeah, no, that was that was absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the only other thought I had is just uh, to to keep playing on this um, this part about the uh, the connection to nature, and um, and you mentioned about kids living in the city. And again, I just want to say that what's great about birds is that there's tons of birds in the city go to any park, go outside. And if you start looking, 
you can find all sorts of birds and bugs and, and all sorts of critters. So, um, so I really hope that the, the book will also uh, create that interest in kids to, to go out and, and see what is around them. It's not just humans and, and buying and uh, material things around them, but there's also nature. Definitely nature. And if you must buy, buy books, right? <laughs> buy, and buy books about nature and buy books about love and buy books about kindness. So excellent. Well, you know, uh, one of the things that if, ev if, ev if every kid will have a chance to go out into a street with Zev, they're in for a treat. Because my experience <laughs> of walking with him in the street is really funny. You know, he all of a sudden stops and he looks up and you look where he looks and sure enough, there's a bird. So it doesn't matter how much noise there's around. When Zev walks in the street, he will hear the birds. He and, hears birds. And he will know how to uh, identify the bird just by its song, just by its voice. And then you can, yeah. you look up and I've discovered a lot of things I never knew about just by walking around with him. So <laughs> I wish that on everybody. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, it sounds like not only children would enjoy it, but also adults. I can't sure. putting my hand up next time yeah. you're in Townsend. <laughs> definitely. Bird walk with Zeb. Um, bird walk with Zeb. Walk with Zev. Well, thank you both so much for being with us today. Noah Baum and Zev Labinger, it has been such a pleasure, such a joy, and I cannot wait for everyone to be able to see and feel the beautiful energy of how the birds became friends. And please let us know, Noah and then Zev, where can listeners find you? Uh, I have a website, www.noahbaum.com. That's N-O-A-B-A-U-M.com. Or you can connect with me on Facebook, Noah Baum Storytelling. Again, it's N-O-A-B-A-U-M Storytelling. And I love people just sending me messages and letting me know if they like the book. Wonderful, Noah. Thank you. And Zev. Yeah, um, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I also have a website. And I think if you just write my name, Z-E-V, Zev, Lappinger, L-A-B-I-N-G-E-R, you will find uh, me on, on a few of those platforms. Excellent. Well, thank you both. Again, such a pleasure, such a joy. And thank you for the goodness you're both bringing to the world. I am sincerely appreciative. Thank you. We can always use more people who love nature and love people and love passing down the sacred art of storytelling. Thank you for that, Noah. Thank you. It's such a beautiful art form. Thank you. Um, and as we conclude today's podcast, I'd like to thank Familius Publishing for their support in bringing this podcast to your ears and your heart. We'd be thrilled if you'd subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review on iTunes and social media. And if you'd like more wonderful Familius content, be sure to visit us at Familius.com where you will find our Habit Hub blog as well as a spectacular selection of books for families. Just like the book we talked about today, How the Birds Became Friends. One step at a time, we can 
make the world a happier place. Thank you for sharing your time with me, Dr. Carla Marie Manley. It's been a joy and a true pleasure. Please be well and shine as only you can do. We talk together, learn together, play, work, eat together. We laugh together, heal together, and we love forever when we